Um, there's changes coming to the long-term care sector. The province announced yesterday that it will be mandating for homes to, uh, it would be mandatory rather, and it will be manda- mandating that homes have an immunization policy in place and track and report its implement- imp- implementation, including staff vaccine rates. Policy must be in place by July the 1st. Now, unless you have a medically valid reason for not getting the COVID vaccine, Staff at long-term care homes across Ontario will have to either prove they've had the vaccine, which should be sim- simple to do, or attend an educational session about the risks of opting out. By the numbers, this is how it goes. 97% of long-term care residents are fully immunized. Only 66% of staff have gotten both doses, which I find shocking. Shouldn't we be moving that number up up a little bit? 89% have received their first shot. So that's a good sign because if you've received the first shot, it's not about hesitancy. It's about availability. And hopefully we get that 89 percentage up higher. Now, there are around, they estimate around 10,000 people that are unvaccinated. To those people, I say, I think you should check uh, on maybe switching professions. But that's just me. Dr. Samir Sinha, he has been on the show several times, always very generous with his time. He is the Director of Geriatrics for Sinai Health and the University Health Network. Dr. Sinha, thanks for joining us again today. Thanks for having me. So what do you think about this uh, this mandated policy where either you have an immunization policy that can verify that people have proven that they have been vaccinated or they have an educational session if they want to work in long-term care? You know, I'm I'm of two minds of this uh, right now. Uh, you know, I, I I think you know there are a lot of people who feel that yeah, we should force these workers, you know, to get mandated, you know, to to get vaccinated because if they're not vaccinated, they're potentially putting residents at risk. But we're also asking people to do something that uh, that uh, uh, again they might still be hesitant to do. And I feel like when you force someone to do something that makes them uncomfortable, you know, the chances are is that uh, they might just leave the profession. And right now we have too many people. We have a shortage of workers in our long-term care system. We've, we have an entire system where we let so many staff become sick. Uh, we had 14 staff in Ontario alone who died in our long-term care and retirement homes because at the very beginning of this pandemic, we did not protect our long-term care residents and staff. We did not give them access to PPE. We didn't give them the support they needed. We created incredibly unsafe work environments. We only reluctantly started providing support after things got really bad. And now we're saying to them, okay, and now um, you've got to get vaccinated. We're not requiring this of hospital workers. We're not requiring this of any other healthcare professionals. And I think the good, the good story is, is that when we started realizing there was a lot of there, there wasn't the uptake that we wanted there to be at the beginning of, you know, about a month or two ago, we started getting homes to do, you know, the work that needed to be done, you know, making sure that staff had access to vaccines by, you know, bringing the vaccines to them, helping it make it easier for them to get to um, get a vaccine, or even potentially have a paid sick day, for example, uh, to use that in case they did have symptoms, because some of them didn't have access to that. And by doing that, we've achieved 89% vaccination rates, Mm -hmm. uh, which is incredibly high in the sector, given that in a typical year, only 80% of staff get vaccinated against influenza, and that's out of 50% of healthcare professionals in general overall. Long-term care staff have really stepped up here, and I feel if we start mandating this, 
um, we may miss that opportunity to help bring people along, um, but rather just saying, well, here's what you need to do. And if you don't like it, leave. Okay. Uh, I might take a harder line, but maybe you could talk us through, um, you know, why you think, where you think the biggest stumbling block is when it comes to hesitancy. Is it miseducation? Is it uh, uh, these people are being, um, feeling that they are not respected? Where's the problem? Yeah, I, I think that there's a there's a few things that are complicating complicating factors here is that I think there's a lot of hesitancy or there was a lot more hesitancy amongst long term care staff because, you know, for example, when you're working in an environment where you've been begging for PPE, you've been begging for supports and staffing, you're not necessarily getting those supports and staffing, you don't trust your employers to keep you safe and and and, and help support you. And now they're telling you, you need to get vaccinated, you need to go and do this, for example, uh, you know, it really takes a lot of time to kind of rebuild that trust and rebuild that respect. And I feel that when people are feel that they're being forced to do something, for example, it just puts up more of a barrier and a wall, as opposed to taking the time to figure out, you know, what is it that's going to help us rebuild trust and rebuild support so that you actually want to get vaccinated. So, and I think by doing a lot of that, that's how we got our vaccination rates up for staff from the 60s to almost 90% now, which is, which is really, really good. So, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm a little mm -hmm. bit nervous that when you start mandating and tell, telling people this is what you have to do, um, it sounds easy, but at the same time, it may actually just drive more people away from wanting to work in these environments. And I'm a bit worried about losing really good quality staff, especially when, for example, right now, a nurse in a long-term care home can go walk over to a hospital that's not requiring this at all and get paid $4 more an hour. You know, I, I want to make sure that, you know, if this person is a bit reluctant, instead of saying, well, I don't, I don't care what the reason is now, either get vaccinated or do an education session or prove to me why you can't. Uh, by taking that approach, I just don't think we're building a healthy workplace. Okay. Uh, I think we're just thinking about the people that work in the uh, long-term care homes. I think we need to start talk talking about the residents because in my opinion, and I know that I sound like I'm a little bit up in arms here, but it is becoming a bit much. Uh, like I get that these people work very hard, but what about the people that live there and protecting them and getting them back to a, a semblance of uh, existence that that is is sort of normal for the end of their days. I mean, this is the twilight of their life, and I think we need to look at that. I mean, PPE. I would think vaccine is the ultimate PPE. You know, you know, you know, vaccine is really helpful, and the good news is ninety seven percent of our residents in our long term care homes have been vaccinated, have been fully vaccinated against COVID-19. This is great. This is great news. We know that vaccination isn't 100% effective. That's why we have to you know, keep pr promoting this. But I think the other thing that, that that's holding Ontario back here right now is we have other jurisdictions like British Columbia that, that over a month or two ago now, frankly, as of April 1st, they've actually reopened their homes you know, mm -hmm. with similar vaccination rates. They've actually not put any of the restrictions that we have. Other places, like Alberta have basically said, regardless of what even your vaccination rates are in the home, if 51% or more of the residents say that they want to welcome back visitors, they're welcome to do that. I think the different story is in Ontario, 
is that there's an there's a story that people aren't really talking about right now, and I think it's about liability and and uh, and protecting oneself from lawsuits. Um, and I think that's a bit behind of what these mandates are about now. For example, too, a home is worried that with all the major chains right now facing major lawsuits right now, you know, now at least they can say, well, if there's an outbreak here, um, you know, then you know, hey, we did all the things that we were supposed to do. It's not our fault. You know, you can sue the staff but don't sue us because we were doing everything that we could. Um, and other provinces like BC, um, Alberta, mo many other provinces in, in the US, they have reopened their homes. They've actually reintroduced visitors, group activities and other things without, you know, with the current vaccination rates that they have, which are just as good as what Ontario's already achieved. So I think there's, there's a few different things that are coming in here. We're seeing if this is the step that will get us to reopen our homes, then of course you'd say we should, we should mandate vaccinations. But there are other jurisdictions that have said, no, actually the vaccination rates are so good already um, that frankly, you know, we should, we should carry on and, and reopen our homes uh, because we think it's safe. I, I almost think that this goal to go and mandate here is a little bit more about liability protection, mm -hmm. protecting the government, protecting the homes, um, as opposed to really doing what's right for workers by actually sitting down and saying, what's the barrier to getting you to get vaccinated? Because when we actually did that work, you yeah. know, we got over a third of our, our workers vaccinated. I find that interesting because when I look at this story and, you know, you're the expert in, when it comes to geriatric care. When I look at this story, I think to myself, well, um, many jobs have different qualifications. And one of the major qualifications, I think, in order to work in long term care should be character. And along with that goes uh, a character that is self selfless, um, not selfish. So unless there's a medical reason why you can't get vaccinated, maybe you're not the right character for the job. Well, I'll take it a different way, right? Like right now, for example, there's a huge reluctance in the United States in some places to mandate vaccinations because these are under emergency authorization. These haven't been fully authorized right now. So people are saying, can you actually make people do something, for example, that hasn't actually been officially authorized, but still under emergency authorization? Can I stop Another you for a second with that? Because you know, I, I think I want to make sure, sure that we are all on the same page because people are going to come back and say, aha, it's a, it's it's an experimental vaccine. So that's not what you're saying at all, because this vaccine has gone through the clinical trials. Absolutely. Right. So, no, this is a vaccine that's been proven to be safe and effective. But here, here's an example, for example, that, you know, that that's a real concern. We have a lot of younger women who are working in long term care, women who, for example, might be looking to start a family. And right now, you know, they're saying, like, do we know for sure that these vaccines, for example, you know, could this potentially affect, you know, future pregnancy or not? Right now, there's no evidence to really say that, yes, it, it could it could harm a future pregnancy. But there isn't a huge amount of evidence saying that, well, you know, we know for sure that it won't do that as well. And so this is this is where this is, these are some of the questions that are driving some of the hesitancy, um, you know, that actually exists. These aren't these aren't people who are anti-vaxxers. Like we mm -hmm. have to be really clear. They're people who legitimately have questions, for example, and for, uh, uh, you know, and, and you have situations, for example, where we've had homes, for example, where the closest mm -hmm. place where a staff member could get a vaccination was in a vaccination clinic that was an hour away or 45 minutes away. Um, and, you know, originally the home 
wasn't paying for transportation or giving the person paid time to go and do that. So why would they want to do that and potentially, you know, risk their health and also do something at a great cost? But Dr. Sinna, isn't it isn't it also valid to say that you have to assess your own risk and make your decision on if you want to do that job? And the requirements of that job based on the risk that you're willing to assume. Like we're all adults here. There are many, many jobs in the world and it would be great if you, you know, could follow your passion, but not everybody can follow their passion for various reasons. You have a choice, but what about the people that live in the homes? Like, shouldn't they have, you know, they actually, this is where they live. If you're coming into their home, shouldn't it be mandated that you keep them as safe as humanly possible? You know, and this is the tough thing, right? Uh, I I agree that this is not an easy, you know, argument because again, when you think about, you know, if there is a staff member who isn't vaccinated who could bring this in, for example, and then this could potentially cause an outbreak and 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 a death, for example, then you know, all of a sudden you say, well, God, I wish that that staff member had been vaccinated. I think there's a difference here though too, right? Is that you know you can make this a qualification of employment saying that you must be vaccinated to take on employment, for example, mm-hmm. but we're talking about existing staff members as well. And I think this is why Ontario has kind of used a bit of a get out of jail free card here by basically saying, look, what we're saying is, you know, as of July 1st, either you need to be vaccinated, you need to show medical proof as to why you can't get vaccinated, or you have to attend an education session. Um, and fair enough, right? You know, at least that way you say, okay, you know, I, you know, that seems reasonable. My, 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 I guess my big worry here is if we just say, okay, well, this is how we're doing it. Either get vaccinated, give us a note, or just go to this education session. Are we going to stop doing the, the, the better work that basically says, you know, can you tell me why you don't want to get vaccinated? Like, what's mm-hmm. the barrier? Is it cab fare? Is it, is it, are you worried about not having a, a, a paid day to go and, and, and get vaccinated? Like, what are the legitimate concerns and how can we help? Because we found that, frankly, homes that actually took the time to do that work and did it really well, not only ended up, you know, getting a high level of staff vaccination, for example, but number two, they were restoring trust, they were building respect, they were showing the staff they were supporting them, as opposed to potentially staff feeling that they're being punished. Uh, and right now, the, the ironic thing here is the loophole that the government has created as well, is that this is a requirement for staff working in the home. Right now, you know, agency staff, they're not required to get vaccinated. They're not required to be vaccinated to go and work in a home. Um, and so if we're not when you say agency policy, staff, what are you talking about? Part timers? So, yeah, part like so part time agency. So, for example, let's say my home that I'm working in right now, all of a sudden um, people say, I don't want to work here anymore. Right. I don't want to have to disclose to you my health status. Um, I don't think this is fair. So I'm just going to leave. Um, and this person can then go work for an agency, for example, that can then come back and then staff that home with, you know, with that shift that that person can no longer do and do it with a staff member who isn't necessarily vaccinated or that's classic government oversight. And then the ironic thing is the home actually ends up paying more yeah. that agency to staff that shift that that person already was. And, th- and this is the challenge. Like we were requiring all throughout this pandemic that staff who worked in the home had to get tested on a weekly basis, for example. But that wasn't a requirement for agency staff, for example, that were coming in. And this is part of the reason why we were having... Um, things, you know, that, you know, infections seeding into these homes. So, so again, you know, I, 
this is a this is a this is a my my big worry about going with this approach is that it may stop us from actually doing the work that we need to do to restore trust and build respect um, and uh, and support our staff as well as we can. And I feel like there's a few different agendas at play here. That, okay. That do you? I, I need to. I need to uh, deal with the elephant in the room. At the end of the day, if we didn't, if we weren't short staffed in long term care, do you think we'd even be having this conversation? Um. I do think we would, because if, for example, this is a long-standing conversation that happens in hospitals, for example, do we mandate the staff get vaccinated, you know, against influenza? Do we get that mandate? If we didn't have shortages of staff, for example, then perhaps this wouldn't be so much of an issue, for example, that we would we'd be worried about this. But I also do think it's about, you know, the culture that we create, because again, you know, we want to attract the best quality staff possible. Um, and the best quality staff, the way you retain them is by treating them with respect um, and making them feel supported um, and not forced to do things that they don't want to do. Dr. Sinha, I love how thoughtful you are, and I really appreciate your time. It's uh, it's wonderful having you on the show and and going back and forth about these topics that I think they're they're not easy, but uh, difficult conversations spark other difficult conversations, and hopefully they lead to solutions. 